hello. Welcome back to The Kingston Curator. I'm your host, Christina Laurie, and today we are talking all things Spring Reverb. The event just kicked off yesterday on Wednesday, June 1st, with Ambikaze headlining at The Mansion and Pup at The Ale House. In total, there are over 30 artists playing around Kingston within the four days, that's June 1st to 4th, as well as 11 free panel talks. So yeah, I figured we'd listen to some of the artists participating in Spring Reverb, and after that we have an interview with Mark Garnis, who's with KPP Concerts. We talked about performances and panels, as well as some behind-the-scenes scoop. To start us off, I'm going to play some upcoming Spring Reverb acts. First, we have Graveyard by The Wilderness. They'll be playing Saturday, June 4th at Ale House. And after that, you'll hear Endless Nights by Oak Ridge Avenue, who will be playing Friday, June 3rd, also at the Ale House. These are definitely two of my favorites, so yeah, please enjoy!
What you just heard was Graveyard by The Wilderness, followed by Endless Nights by Oak Ridge Avenue, both artists playing at Spring Reverb this weekend. And now we have an interview with Mark Garnes, who gives us a full picture of what Spring Reverb is all about. All right, so let's get right into it. Would you like to introduce yourself and your role with Spring Reverb? Yeah, my name is Mark Garnes. I'm one of the co-founders of KPP Concerts. And um, yeah, one of the uh, one of the the few staff members I guess working on this we're a pretty small team but uh yeah it's um just a few of us involved but small but mighty team awesome and um, I want to talk a bit about the process of getting the lineup together since I was sort of probably the first priority what did that look like um yeah there was uh I guess a, a lot of this came about based on there being a lot of canceled tours from the past year so mm-hmm. Um, like Pop was one of them. Uh, lowest to the low, we had been meaning to book for um, five or six months and that kept getting delayed. Um, the Wilderness, we had a show with them in December that was cancelled and we had to refund everybody their tickets. So it was like a lot of the lineup is a culmination mm-hmm. of of bands that we had intended on working with over the past year or so. And just because of the pandemic, things kind of getting delayed, postponed, cancelled, all those things. And then, you know, now with the, with things getting somewhat closer to the way they were pre pandemic, um, uh, we thought it would be a good idea to try to maybe put a lot of these postponed <laughs> shows and bands into a condensed, um, time frame, and really hammer them out. Because I think this, this fall, there's going to be a huge backlog of tours. So anybody that's mm-hmm. like keen to get out there and see bands, I just think there's going to be so much. So we thought we'd try to get out in front of it a little bit and try to do a lot of these shows that we intended on doing um, uh, over the past year, year and a half. And then obviously a lot of local bands that have been um, 
connecting with us through the pandemic to get on shows and there just haven't been a many been that many so um, a lot of the local acts that we've included are ones that we've been wanting to work with over the past year or so as well. So yeah, it was just a nice kind of convenient way to put a lot of these shows together. Um, that wasn't necessarily the impetus for the uh, putting Spring Reverb together, but it, mm -hmm. it uh, this this was uh, as far as just programming goes, it's a lot of bands that we've been wanting to work with for the past year. Absolutely. Yeah, it's almost more exciting because we have them all together in this chunk, but um. This is definitely related to what you were just talking about. I was wondering if you could speak to the inspiration and goals behind Spring Reverb. I mean, you've already spoken about the context of coming out of COVID and getting all those shows back yeah. on and as well as opportunities for local artists. So did you want to get into that a bit? For sure. So, I mean, uh, it, it's kind of started with a, a conversation between KPP and CFRC, actually. So with mm -hmm. um, with the NCRC um conference coming to Kingston, which is a delegate. So I think the public doesn't know a whole lot about this event because it's more of a, a delegates only. Um, it's pretty, um, I guess, like private facing. It's not uh, mm -hmm. that the public doesn't go to a lot of these events. So anyways, all that to say, there are a lot of people from out of town that are working in the music industry, mo like mostly radio that are going to be in Kingston and have maybe never been here before or probably don't know a whole lot about the local scene. So in our conversations with CFRC, actually, we were um, uh, we thought a good idea would be to showcase a few venues and Kingston artists while these delegates were in town just to give them something to do maybe at the end of the day, get out and see a little bit of Kingston. So we thought that was a great idea and CFRC thought that was a great idea. So we, we agreed to go ahead with it. Um, and it really just kind of spiraled from there. So, uh, we kind of threw it out there to some, to some local bands and, um, the city of Kingston, who's one of our supporters and, and, and potential sponsors. And it seemed like there was a lot of traction and interest um, for something that was happening at the uh, NCRC um, conference, but that would be a little bit more public facing. So like the panels. Um, so a lot of the panels that the NCRC offer are for their delegates only, but um, just in our conversation with a lot of bands and, and um, and people in Kingston, they said that, you know, a real gap here is, is opportunities for musicians to learn and yeah. meet industry and that, that kind of like workshop panel, like kind of guest talk component. I also work at the film festival and we do a lot of that um, during the film festival, but the music scene here is, it's really, really strong in terms of there being uh, like live concerts and, and shows, but there's not a whole lot in the way of um, kind of like educational opportunities or, mm -hmm. or, or chances to get your band or your, um, your group in front of uh, industry and, and things like that. So we thought this would be an opportunity to sort of follow a little bit of what the NCRC was doing for themselves, but make a public facing version of that where um, there, there were some of these panels for the public to attend. So we had no idea if there'd be interest in it or not, just because something, I don't think to my knowledge, there's really been anything like that in Kingston before. So we thought we'd test the waters with, uh, a few this year and pre-registration seems to be pretty strong so far. So I, I mean, you know, I don't want to get ahead of ourselves. We, we have to do this event first, but it seems like there's a, a real appetite for this. Um, and then obviously what I mentioned before, there's the concerts too, I think would be kind of unusual to have all these panels and educational kind of opportunities, but then 
nothing at the end of the day to kind of go out and be like, okay, well, this is why we do it because of the, you know, the concert. So hopefully it's, it's a hybrid. It's not, it's, it's kind of new to Kingston, but it's not like a new model, you know, like pop Montreal is one that I've gone to in the past that I really like. There's opportunities to meet industry and learn. And then like tons of shows happening across um, uh, Montreal from, you know, kind of some bigger artists, similar to the ones that we have headlining all the way to smaller bands from Montreal that you've maybe never heard of before. So um, I don't, I don't think we intentionally set out to, to mimic pop Montreal, but that would be one that I would aspire to, uh, you know, if we were to do this again in year two and beyond, I think that would be a good model for us to follow. Yeah, for sure. Or you got into the panel talks a bit. So there's 10, right? Am I right with that? There's actually 11 now, but yeah. Oh, whoa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, Bonus. Yeah. But, um, did you want to speak on what people can expect to learn from those? You sort of got into it a little bit, but did you want to go into a bit more detail? Yeah, for sure. So there's um, a, a few of the panels um, are ones that the NCRC is actually, um, they've organized, but but made available to the public. So we're kind of co-presenting those. There's a few that the NCRC was going to um, go ahead with, but they maybe needed another um uh, another panelist or a moderator or some more involvement or some more promotion. So we've kind of gotten bored as, I guess, co-presenters on, on a number of these. And there's a few that do, because of that, have a bit of a radio uh, theme to them. Um, you know, like uh, mm -hmm. there's one like Get Heard submitting to music radio stations um, and, and some of that nature. But we're sort of propping up three as our marquee panels and the only, and I mean, I think they're all going to be valuable. So the only reason we say that we've listed them kind of as our marquee panels is because they're three that have, that were kind of identified by local musicians as being um, highest priority for them. So I think, you know, the main thing that we hear is local bands want to, um, they want to, they want to be able to get shows in other markets. And it's, I've played in a band before and it's a challenge. It's like, you can, it's, you know, how good you are sometimes seems to be secondary to, to some other things. So it's, um, uh, we're, we have a guest from Feldman agency, who's one of the bigger booking agents in, um, Canada. They, they've booked the hip and the glorious sons and, and, uh, like Avril Lavigne and like huge bands. Um, oh, yeah. so we have one of their, uh, agents that's going to be in attendance and, you can just really like hammer them with questions. So like, you know, if you're in a, in a band, you're like saying like, you know, even how, how do, how does one like me get signed by your agency or whatever question you may have? Um, we'll do a, a 60 minute session and, and just grill them with a bunch of questions, but we'll have a moderator too, to kind of, um, to, uh, keep things going. And then a second thing was, um, artists were saying that they have a hard time, you know, standing out from the crowd, which I think is like, you know, if you're an artist or creative from any field, that's, that's a big concern, you know, again, your, your skill level, your talent might be superior to other people that you see that have all the spotlight. So what steps can you do to, to, you know, get in front of more eyes and, and, and get more attention from the public and, and, um, the industry and media and that sort of things. So we have a guy named Eric Alper, who's going to be um, speaking mostly at that event. And he definitely precedes my time in the music industry. Like I think when we started doing shows 20 years ago, I remember at that time, him kind of being like a heavy hitter. Like, you know, if, if a band was coming through Kingston and their publicist was Eric Alper, it was kind of like, Oh, that's, you know, they're doing something right. So this is 20 years later. So he's definitely within that um, field. He's, he's a true PR heavy hitter in the music industry in, in Kingston. So he'll be here. 
And um, I'll maybe just ch uh, quickly touch on one more. Um, yeah. The uh, Kingston Music Video Initiative is something that we actually worked on with the, the film festival and the Kingston Film Office um, during the pandemic year and, and it got shut down, but it was, um, <laughs> despite that, the videos were created and um, the project entailed local uh, film production companies pairing up with local musicians and making music videos. So, I mean, that's another thing I think, you know, with everything just being so visual on, you know, YouTube for sure, or even like TikTok. And that's often a way mm -hmm. bands get discovered now. And I know when I started in, in booking shows, they used a whole different set of stats for saying how big their, uh, their artist was. Yeah. Now it's often like, this is how many YouTube plays, this is how many like TikTok plays. Mm -hmm. And those are sort of the, the parameters that like, um, booking agents will use to sort of like sell their band sometimes so it's i think needless to say it's very important to have a, a video component to your to your band so um we're gonna put um this is a bit more of like an info session for any musicians and mm -hmm. filmmakers how they can get involved it's a bit more kind of show up learn about what's happening put your name in put your name in the hat and say that you're mm -hmm. interested in getting involved and then i think we're gonna pair 15 um, local musicians with 15 production companies or filmmakers. Wow. Uh, we're going to fund them. Uh, we're going to help them with the process uh, this fall in creating the videos. And then they're going to all premiere at the Kingston Canadian Film Festival in, in March. So this, this event is more, it's kind of like step one of, I guess, you know, a three or four step process. And uh, we're really just inviting anybody who wants to get involved to come out to this. And it's, it's, it's free. It's a bit of an info session and then a bit of a networking mixer after. So, you know, there'll be a lot of filmmakers and, and musicians in the same room and just an opportunity for them to kind of meet one another. Yeah, that's awesome. Or honestly, I just being an artist nowadays, you really have to be a jack of all trades and it's also as much business as it is artistry. So yeah. these panels are going to be super helpful. For sure. And um, also speaking of the artists, I was wondering how many acts there are total and how many are local, how many coming in town? Did you want to speak to that a bit? Yeah, for sure. I think we have just shy of 30, like maybe 28-ish. <laughs> and um, yeah, I mean, we tried to... Uh, we're, we're not like really saying these are the best bands from Kingston or anything like that. It's more, we're just trying to provide like a nice cross section of bands from Kingston. So mm -hmm. um, I guess it does definitely skew more towards like rock and, 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 and artists that would be kind of playing clubs and bars downtown a bit more. Um, but yeah, it, just as far as there being, you know, a, a good cross section of, of younger bands and some more established ones that have been around for a while, some that are really just, trying to break out and, and be seen and some that, you know, have, have maybe put in their time and, and, and have, have done um, a little bit more in their careers. So we've got a good cross-section of, of local bands. And certainly I would say some of them are among the best bands in Kingston. And mm -hmm. then, um, yeah, the headliners are, um, are some local and then some are from out of town, like pop, for example, they're from Toronto. Um, uh, lowest of the low I think they're from the GTA as well and they've been around forever Tara Lightfoot's like definitely up and coming she's um I think she played the the back to the farm festival last year and I, I heard she was kind of one of the highlights of that so uh yeah I, I feel like there's a good cross like pop you know they're like a punk band Tara Lightfoot's kind of more blues lowest of the lows like a bit more almost like a 90s sort of rock sound and then we have the wilderness who's obviously one of the local uh favorites and um they're headlining one of our shows as well so 
Yeah, I mean, I think the intention for events like this is that you that you sort of venue hop a little bit. Um, on Wednesday, there's two shows. Thursday, we just have one. But then on Friday and Saturday, there's two shows as well. So if we do aspire to that Pop Montreal model down the road, I mean, I think that's the intention to, to get people to get a pass or, or, or something that would encourage them to go out and not necessarily park themselves just at one venue for the night, but, you know, in Kingston, it might, it would maybe look like, you know, go to the mansion for, to see a band and then, you know, go over to the grad club and see a band over to the ale house and really try to get out there and, and uh, make it a bit more interesting than just going to see one show from start to finish. You kind of, I know when I go to pop Montreal, I literally get out the catalog and mark all the bands that I want to see. And sometimes it means, you know, going back and forth across Montreal, but it makes it a bit more interesting and special that way. This might be a very challenging question, but I was wondering whether it's a longtime favorite or a new act that you're looking forward to. Is there any particular act that you're really excited about or excited to see? Yeah, that is a tough question. Um, Well, (laughs) 47 Teeth would be one. They're a local band um, that's opening up for pop on June 1st. And... um, I've known Dee and Anna, who I guess would be the two front people in uh, 4017th. I've known them for like, ever since my involvement in the music scene in Kingston. So like going back over 20 years when um, we were all much younger and just kind of playing in bands for the first time, I've actually played in, uh, I've played in a band with Dee, who's the bass player and singer. And uh, so now it sounds like I'm giving preferential treatment to this band, but no, they're, they're quite good. And I know they like just the, aside from my, um, my history of being in the music scene with them for 20 years, like they're, they're, they're awesome. They've done quite well, but also they've been sitting on this album, I think for, um, we have a nice story on their website about it, or it was all written through the pandemic and it was kind of a long time coming type thing. So now that things have opened up, they just released an album. So it's a bit of a timely show for them as well. I think there's been some artists that have been really active during the pandemic and recording and, and writing and others that have just, you know, couldn't find that inspiration through the pandemic, which, which is totally understandable. But 47 Teeth, I think they, it feels like they've kind of been sitting on a lot of this material and they're ready to kind of get out there and do it. So that would be one of the local bands that I'm definitely interested in, in checking out. And every time I've seen um d and anna playing bands it's always great so that'll be a, a good show too because it's going to be a full house at the ale house pop, pop super popular so it'll be like a, a packed house for them totally that was a very great answer to a very difficult <laughs> question so i commend you for that Thank you. so this is going to be an annual event in the future that folks can look forward to hopefully i think so like i mean it all like we didn't I guess we never really, this wasn't part of some plan like a year ago or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I mentioned earlier, the impetus for the idea came just organically through a conversation with yeah. CFRC. So there wasn't a ton of forethought put into it. I mean, that it's, we're probably going back like, I don't know, maybe eight months ago now when, when the idea um, first came about in our conversation with CFRC. So um, that's a pretty short turnaround actually for, for putting a, a festival together. And I don't think it was eight months ago where we said, this is exactly what it's gonna look like. I think eight months ago was mm-hmm. like, yes, let's do something. And then it kind of just came about organically. And then I'd say maybe three, four months ago, we're like, okay, I think we can see what the skeleton of this event's gonna look like. And mm-hmm. um, so we really hit go on it at that point. So that's like a crazy short turnaround for putting anything together. <laughs> for like real, the, yeah. the film festival I work on, we, we say, 
we start about 18 months in advance of each festival. So usually there's one festival that we haven't even got to while we're still preparing the one after. And that's just like, you know, when you look at things like the funding required to do some of these things, um, it's it's much easy, easier to have budget than to have no budget, mm -hmm. um, like sponsors and um, just getting buy-in from the industry and stuff like that. So it's, um, you know, I think I've, I've sort of mentioned it through our conversation today that I would like mm -hmm. to do it again next year. So I, I think we sort of have our eyes and ears open um, as to what we could do to make 2023 um, better. But obviously, anytime you do something for the first time, it's a little mm -hmm. bit of a wild card. We want to see what it's like. Like, see, let's see how much interest there is in these panels um, and potential for for growth. Like, is 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 mm -hmm. this is this something that local musicians care about and want to come check out? Um, and uh, I guess just like my early sense on it is that if we we're to do it again in the future, I'd like there to be a, a ton more panels because it's just mm -hmm. that blind spot, I think, for Kingston right now is and, and there's 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 a lot of different areas of the music industry that we're not even touching on. Like I was at um, uh, a show of, we did for Daniel Romano on Monday and somebody came up to me and asked if there was anything for um, for recording and we, like, we just don't have anything like that this year. So that's yeah. just one example. I think we could easily have 20 or 30 panels. And um, and uh, so I just, I just feel like there's a bit more of a need there than the concert side of things, but obviously the concert's exciting too. So I don't know, it's so one of the more challenging things is knowing when to like draw the line and not go too far because it's it can become a bit of a nightmare if you get in over your head. So I think that's a long way of saying, I hope we can do it again in 2023. <laughs> that sounds great. I mean, you guys are absolutely very passionate. It's already shaping up to be a great event for artists and attendees alike. I was wondering where can people get details and tickets? Yeah, it's all on our website at kppconcerts.com. Um, we've been posting daily um, updates on highlighting the bands on our, our socials as well. We're just at KPP Concerts on, on all social platforms. So yeah, you can, everything from our website, you can see the lineup, um, you can uh, buy tickets from there, check out the links to the bands and read descriptions on all the panels that we have. And then uh, you can also pre-register for the panels on our website as well. And I hope I said this earlier, but all the panels are free. So um, the only thing that you need to attend is just to have pre-registered. And um, um, I hope we hit capacity on some of them, but right now we, we still have spots for uh, all the panels, but um, you know, we do, we do recommend booking your spot just in case. All right, perfect. So I think that's all I got for you today. Thank you so, so much. Great. Yeah, thanks, Christina. Thanks for tuning in to the Kingston Curator this week on CFRC 101.9 FM. Be sure to check out Spring Reverb at kppconcerts.com and come back next week to hear about all things Skeleton Park Arts Festival. Bye-bye!